Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. And wherever you're joining us from today, whether you're at the Germantown campus, Appleton campus, Brookfield campus, online campus, Milwaukee campus, can we just welcome everybody as they're joining wherever they are today? We are one church, multiple locations, and that's exciting to see what God's doing. And man, I just want to say right from the very get-go, thank you for all of the cards and the emails and the Facebook and social media and the cookies with my face on it was way over the top. Incredibly weird, but they were really good cookies. I just have to admit I had more than one. So anyhow, it's just, yeah, anybody? No, I, I ate way too much. So anyhow, but, uh, but uh, anyhow, just say thank you for all the birthday wishes. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just ask somebody else and they'll be able to explain what happened last weekend, but it was, uh, it was very kind and, and very great of the staff and the board and everybody, all of you here to do that. So I just want to say thank you. And um, man, I'm telling you, I'm excited about today's message. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to walk through a passage of Scripture starting in verse 27. And uh, as we're continuing on in this series, uh, True North. And um, as we are today, I want to talk, and I'm going to make some statements. I'm really, I'm kind of, I don't get nervous very often when I talk, but I'm going to kind of get on some really thin ice, no pun intended. True north, get it? Cold weather. No, you will, sorry. Maybe you need to thaw out in order to get that. I don't know. But anyhow, and can I just tell you, like, I love living you in Wisconsin. I like the cold. I like the seasons. I like all of that. Uh, I didn't grow up here. Uh, I grew up in the South. Matter of fact, I was in Dallas this week and it was 75 and all of that. And uh, it was funny because it got to about 45 and people were wearing toboggans. And I, I, la I actually made a statement to Tammy going, I cannot believe people are wearing like toboggans. It's 40. And then there was a gal walking right beside us. And there she had this. To and I, don't think, I think she was clueless to what I was saying. She might have been clueless, period. But anyhow, she didn't make any statements or anything or whatever. But, uh, but man, to be here, the good cold weather and the snow and all that stuff. And then, because uh, 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 anyhow, there's a lot of reasons. But uh, seeing that True North video and all of that. I'm going to make some statements today. And I need you to hear what I'm saying. Don't read into what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't get somewhere that I'm not. Uh, it's funny to me. I really say very apolitical. Uh, and I will today as well. Some of you that are Democrats think I'm a Republican, and some of you that are Republicans think I'm a Democrat, and some of you don't even know if I even vote on anything, and that's intentional uh, because of the, man, he just got deathly quiet when I talked <laughs> like that. I'm not going political, but Paul talks about something that I think is really, 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 really important that we get as Christ followers, if you're going to be a Christ follower. I also think it's something that can really, 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 really help us navigate a very politically intense and easily incitable world in which we live in. It, it keeps you above the fray, regardless what your political party is, regardless what your political affiliation is, regardless what your opinion is about the political climate in our world or in any world at any given time. This message today, I think, is highly applicable for the world in which we live in. So as we dive into that, I just want to let you know, I'm going to kind of get into some of that. So you may elbow your, your, your spouse and go, okay, Margaret, here he goes. He's fixing to get into this. Fixing is a southern term for he's about to, okay? 
Today, the title of my talk is that choose your own adventure. You have a choice. This is one of the things I love about how God, the creator, set it up with us, the creation, that God doesn't choose for you. He doesn't choose for me. He doesn't want us to be rock'em, sock'em robots controlled by some heavenly cosmos joystick, but rather if we're going to follow him, if we're going to follow his word, if we're going to be truly followers of Jesus Christ, we have a choice. We have a choice in how that looks. The good news is, is we don't all have to be at the same place on the same journey. Uh, we all, some of, some of you are in valleys today. Some of you are on mountaintops today. Uh, some of you are climbing the mountain. Some of you are descending the mountain. Some of you don't even know that there's a mountain. I mean, it's just we're in all different points in our walk with the Lord, but we have the ability to choose. And we have a choice whether we're going to follow Christ or we're going to follow the culture. Let me say this. You have a choice whether you're going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow the culture. And Christian, westernized Christianity today and the world in which we live in, there are two, real, two types of Christians. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to just as an observer. Been, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm raised in the church watching this. There are people who affiliate with Jesus. And so by, if you ask them, hey, are you a Christian? The answer is yes. But really, Jesus is just an add-on to what they do. He's like an upgrade. Do you want heated seats or do you want heated and cooled seats? Do you want a heated steering wheel? Do you want power windows? How about power brakes? He's just an upgrade. He's not a standard feature in your life. But there are other people who go, no, he is life. That when John says that Jesus de declared of himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, there is no other way. There are people that still believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they, not that they're perfect, but that they endeavor everything that they do to mold their life, to change their life according to Jesus and according to God's word, which we know is Jesus. John 1, chapter 1, in the beginning was God, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh, Jesus Christ. It's your choice. I will tell you this, though, following Jesus, the way the Bible says to follow Jesus, is so countercultural to the world in the first century, which is when this, this particular passage that we're reading in Philippians, which is to the church in Philippi. So think of it, the church in Milwaukee, the church in Atlanta, the church in... Paul's writing this to the church. It is as countercultural today, 2,000 plus years later, as it was when he wrote it. Because to follow Jesus... To really be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, not a church member, not a church attender, not serving on a life team, not in life group, not a giver or a donor or a tither or whatever, whatever moniker you want to put on that. But to truly be a follower of Jesus Christ is countercultural. It has always been and it will always be. And the question isn't, has Jesus changed? The question is, are you going to follow that path and that adventure or are you just going to have him as an affiliated add-on into your life? If you are, then you can just keep floating on down the lazy river and you'll hit a couple warm spots here and there. You can decide what that is for yourself, but you can just do that. Or you can get out into the deep and be in the adventure but let me say this, to follow Christ was always going to frustrate the culture. To be a follower of Jesus Christ, you are going to ruffle feathers, you are going to frustrate other people, not because that's your intention, 
Jesus says, blessed is a peacemaker. Paul says it this way, I do everything that I possibly can do as it, as it depends upon me to be at peace with all men. You're, we're all to seek peace. We're never to incite. We're never to, to try to, to stir up unless we're trying to challenge one another to live this life for Jesus. Besides that, we are to be peacemakers, not a doormat. Again, I'm going to say some things that have really big buzzword connotations in the world and the context in which we live. You have to listen to what I'm saying. But the truth is, you're going to frustrate people in your world if you're truly going to please God. And you're going to have people that are going to scratch their heads and go, I have no idea. You're going to have people, can I say it this way? I've lived in Milwaukee almost 20 years. You're going to have people in the upper Midwestern culture that just go, you're a bit crazy. I have this conversation all the time with people. And you ask them, are they a Christian? This is in Milwaukee. Absolutely. Where do you go to church? And they tell me the name of first this or it's Saint that. It's some, some really good spiritual name. It sounds really awesome. Like it's this big, big, I mean, it makes me want to just go, Life Church is way too simple of a name. We need to have something like... You know what I'm saying? Like, no? Okay, anyhow, but you know what I'm talking about, right? So it's just, it's, just, it's great and everything else, and that's awesome. And, and, and I go, so, so how, when was the last time you attended? Well, <laughs> well you know, and, and, well, who's the pastor of the pre? Well, I don't really, and, and well, I mean, are you, are, like, are you serving in ministry? Well, I mean, let's don't get, so are you a fully devoted follower of Jesus? Whoa, 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 let's don't get fanatical about this. You see the difference? Whereas what it means to follow Jesus is not about church attendance, although I'm glad you're here, whether you're online or you're at a campus or wherever you are. It's about choosing to say, I'm going to take this adventure. I'm, I'm going down this journey. I'm going to go down this pathway. I'm going to give my heart and my life to Jesus. Today at the end of the service, if you've never done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity just in a very quick moment at the end of the service today to, to make a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. So you choose your adventure. Is it going to be the world's or is it going to be God's? Are you going to be follower of Jesus Christ, fully devoted? Or are you just going to kind of just be affiliated and you're going to kind of really live, live a worldly life and just kind of try to add Jesus onto that? Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 1. If you don't have it, it will be on the screen for you. But if you've got your Bible, I encourage you to open it up, pull it out on your smartphone, however you do this. Philippians 1 verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Remember, he's talking to the church in Philippi. So he's talking to Christ followers here. So that whether I come and I see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ. Verse 28, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them that they're of their destruction, but of your salvation that comes from God. Verse 29, for it's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Verse 30, engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had, and now I hear that I still have. So what does this mean, this adventure of following Jesus? Paul kind of unpacks this here and kind of gives this here, and I want to unpack it. First of all, it means that Christ followers have a different citizenship. Christ followers, people that are fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, people that are truly Christians, they have a different citizenship. 
Go back to verse 27, the first part of that. He says, only let the manner of your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, the Greek word for the phrase manner of your life can also be translated this way in English. Behave as citizens worthy of the gospel. Manner of your life is to behave as citizens worthy of the gospel. He's reminding us that our citizenship is not on this earth, but in heaven. Paul will go on to, in the same book, chapter 3, verse 20, and says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. And, it, and from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to unpack this for a minute. Because this is something, and this is where I'm going on thin ice. Can you feel it at all? Can you hear it crack at all? Okay, here we are. Okay, it's going to hold my 228 this morning. I believe that. Okay, here's the deal. The, the truth of the matter is this. Is that when, when we... Uh, when, Paul, so Paul's writing this to the church in Philippi. Paul's a Roman citizen. Paul uses his Roman citizenship. Paul talks about his Roman citizenship. He's a Jew, so he's a citizen of the, of the, of the Israeli government, but he's by, 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 his, by his ethnicity. But because of where he's born and because of who he is, he's also a citizen of Rome. He has dual citizenship. When Paul's writing, most of his writing, he's imprisoned in Rome. You can actually, if you go to Rome, you can actually see where Paul's, where Paul's imprisoned. You actually can walk down in. It's a very interesting place where he writes most of, most of the New Testament. What's interesting about that, I've been to Rome a couple of times, and, 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 you, and so the fountains and the Colosseum and, and the Vatican and all of that, it's packed, been there, done that, beautiful, awesome. But there's very few people that congregate at this particular site. It's very interesting to me. When most of the gospel is written in that dungeon with open sewer, rats, smells, you can just imagine in the heat of Rome in the summertime. And Paul does that. Why? Because he's utilizing his citizenships, because he realized, because he believes that if he can appeal his, his persecution as a Christ follower, he actually can get to Caesar. And if he can get to Caesar, he can present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if he can present the gospel of Jesus Christ and Caesar comes to faith in Jesus Christ, then the entire known world will know the gospel. So Paul is not down on you have a citizenship in this country or with this people group. He, he's not, it's not about negating that. Matter of fact, he utilizes that. He leverages that, but for a higher citizenship, which is that of heaven. So, so you have to understand that, 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 that the reality is, here is that this earthly citizenship is temporary. Paul's citizenship of Rome is temporary, but his, uh, his citizenship of, of heaven is eternal. And, and I'm just telling you that eternal always outweighs temporary. You've heard this phrase, they use this secularly all the time. What difference will this decision or this action or this situation make in light of 100 years from now? Does it really make a difference? If it does, then you need to involve yourself in it. But if it doesn't, just let it go because it really has no lasting effects. Paul's saying, look, more than your citizenship as, as, a, as a Roman citizen or as an Israeli citizen or as, here, here I go, you ready, buckle up, as an American citizen, it's your citizenship of heaven. And if you will look to that, that is eternal. I love being from the United States. 
I'm all about God bless America. You can do, I'm just telling you, right? All, all of this. My dad, all my brother, all his brothers, I mean, all U.S. military. I mean, we're this, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 110% all day long. My father-in-law, U.S. military. I mean, we're, we're all about this. But the reality is, as the United States has a beginning and has an ending, so does every single country that's ever lived and ever come in any empire that's ever risen all has a beginning and an ending. But heaven is the exemption from that because it's not temporary. It's not earthly. It's heavenly. It's eternal. So what does that do for me? Does that mean I shouldn't be about an American citizenship? Absolutely not. Or wherever you're from. Should, not, should, I, have, should I not have natural, national pride? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying, should, should I not vote? Should I not? No, 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 no. You should vote. You should get involved. You should be. You should do. You should run for this and that and this and that and go for it and make a difference in every man's world. And, but why do you do it? For the sake of a country or the sake of a citizenship that has a beginning and an ending? Or do you do it for something that's larger and greater? Do you do it for something that's not just temporary, but something that's eternal? Paul says, do it for your citizenship of heaven. Do it for, 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 for this. See, we vote, we pay taxes, we run for office, but don't forget that the ultimate loyalty doesn't belong to a country or to a state or to a city, but unto God. And that the kingdom being kingdom-minded overweighs and outweighs being politically-minded. How does this help me? It gets us above the fray of this party and that party and this group and that part. And it gives us above the fray of being divided over this issue and this issue and this issue and this. And some of you, I can hear you, I can just see your blood boiling right now. And you're going, yeah, but this issue is a biblical issue. That's something we need to deal with. But we hold up Christ. We hold up God's word and we hold that higher than anything else that we believe, that we do. And here's the, here's the, here's the interesting part. When you hold high God's word and when you hold high the standard of Jesus, it makes you a better citizen. It makes you a better, if you want to use the word, patriot. It makes you even, it doesn't take away from, it actually makes you better at Remember what Jesus said? When they come to him, and Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, it's this bigger thing than, than the Roman occupancy over the Israelis in that day and time. And they ask him, do we pay taxes to Caesar? Remember, Israel's being occupied by a foreign government. They've been overtaken by Rome. Rome is the, is the superpower of the world. Do we pay taxes to Caesar? What does Jesus say? Yeah. Uh, what, what, show, me the, show me what you're going to pay. And they, they, they pull out a coin. It's got Caesar's image. He says, whatever that image bears, uh, give it to him. Fine. Jesus even goes at one point and has, has Peter uh, fish. And, and, and the coins that they needed, the taxes that they needed to pay was, it was, in the, was in the mouth of the fish. They paid their taxes. It wasn't about, I'm not a part of this, and I'm not doing this, and I'm rejecting this. and I'm. It was never partisan. It was never political. And they kept trying to make it political. The religious leaders of the day tried to make it political. The people that even the, even the you look, Simon the Zealot, who is following Jesus, is a zealot because he is, a, he is a, an extreme political activist. And you put him in a room with, with Matthew, who's a tax collector. The two of those guys would have killed each other if they'd have been down a dead, dark alley on any other day. Because the, they were diametrically opposed. 
Say it however you want to say it. They're a Democrat and they're Republican and they're both following Jesus. Now that really messes up your theology. I'm sorry. But, but you have all of these. And Jesus brings all these people together and says, it's not about this. You are fighting over issues in our culture that don't matter. Look at what matters long term. Look at what matters on the long haul. Look at the bigger picture. Look at your citizenship of heaven. So what matters? Go back to chapter and verse. If it's there, it matters. If it's not, man, <laughs> do what you want to do. Vote the way you want to vote. Be what you want to be. Do what you want to do. This allows us to have unity on critical issues. Salvation, the return of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, but also allows for diversity over things that may come up on, should we do this or should we not do this? Should we fund this or should we not fund this? Are we, are we fiscally here or are we fiscally there? Do we think this about this or about this or about this? But if it's issues of God's word, we go at it. I've really gotten into it. If you're gonna follow Jesus, you gotta remember, it's not the agenda of the donkey or the elephant. It's the agenda of the lamb. That's what it is. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can love people across the aisle, down the street, with different views, upholding a biblical standard without reducing, without approving, without endorsing, but you can love them as Christ loved them. You can serve them as Christ served them. You can love them wherever they are. It's an adventure that you have to choose. Second thing, Christ followers have a different type of courage. They have a completely different type of courage. Look at verse 27. 28, only let the manner of your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, not frightened in anything by your opponents. Verse 27, all he's talking about is the unity, the unity, the unity, the unity, the unity. That you're standing firm, one spirit, one mind, side by side. What for the faith? Fear, don't fear the culture, not frightened by anything that your opponents may do. Paul knew that the, that the Philippians church, the, the Philippi believers, would continue to experience increased opposition. They were, as they continued to pursue Christ's ethics over the culture's ethics. Christ's ethics were humility and unity and selflessness and service and unconditional love. The culture's ethics were hubris and individualism and self-preservation. Paul, Paul writes it this way to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial for me. See, there are things, when we talk about this whole thing about having a courage, there are things that when I'm going to take this journey, this adventure, when Jesus is going to be my true north, and I'm going to get above the fray of, of a political uh, ideology or, or, or of citizenship of this country or that country or that country, when I'm on a higher plane, what happens with that is, is that it may not be a sin issue, but it's a leadership issue. There are things in my life that I do and don't do, not because it's right and wrong, chapter and verse, but because it's just a, it's a leadership issue. 
There are feelings that I have about things in the world in which we live in that I would really, as Aaron Cole, just as an individual, if I was just Joe Blow, not in a leadership position, not trying to lead people to Jesus, I, I, would, I would blast out on social media. And I would be right. You know why? Because it's my thought. Just think about that for a minute. The truth of the matter is I don't. You know why? Because I have a higher agenda. My agenda is not to get my voice heard. My agenda is not for populace. My agenda is not to, I'm right. My agenda in this world is to say, how many people can I share the love of Jesus Christ with? How many people can, can I live my life in such a way to be kind in a way to live a receivable life that when they blow against me, when they erupt against me, when they come at me, I can receive it because Christ gives me the strength and the grace to do so without throwing it back on them. Well, that's probably just because that's your makeup and you're a pastor and you're passive. <laughs> you don't know me at all. My natural disposition is if you want to fight, let me get done with my sermon and I'll meet you in a parking lot. Just give me a chance to take off my jackets. I don't get any blood on this. Well, let's go at it. My, my, natural, I, my natural disposition, I, I did Lincoln-Douglas debate in high school. Like, I, I wanted to be an attorney. Like, I, I love just verbally getting, I, I love verbal confrontation. I know that sounds really, really, some, this, is this bad I'm saying this, babe? I'm just like, I'm just telling you, like, this is like, I, I, I love healthy debate. I love people. I, Ava came home, our youngest came home from school one day, and she's like, Dad, we have to do these social issues of what's going on. And, and she was so agitated that people weren't taking a, a pro-Christian view. And I'm trying to do this, and I'm just getting frustrated. And my teacher's saying that I'm too emotionally attached and involved. I said, yeah, you are. You, you can never win it that way. Take the opposite side. Pick the opposite thing that what you believe. And she's like, What? But it's wrong. I, I, take your brain out of it for a minute. Just it, the way to take the emotion out of it is pick the opposite side and argue for that which you don't believe. And you can be fierce. So just try it. She did it. She goes, I was amazing, Dad. I, I just have to say, like, yeah, that was, that was I just, I, I kept my cool. I said, I, because you know all of the weaknesses of the other side of the argument because you've, you've, it's been thrown at you. You hurl it. You know what to do, you know. I, I've had to learn my type A personality, my aggressive nature. I've had to learn to push this down. I still, I, I, I say this very, very, very lightly and very humbly. I'm on very thin ice. There are times that my actions in public have not been what it should have been. There were times that my actions in public were not fitting to be a, a pastor, much less a Christ follower. There have been things that I tried to catch before it came out of my mouth that I didn't get a hold of it fast enough, anybody else? And, and that I just, oh God, forgive me. I have to, if I'm gonna follow Jesus, it's not about is this right or wrong. It's not about am I right or am I wrong? It's leadership. So a lot of times on social media, I'm just quiet. A lot of times in an argument, I just, Take a lower self. A lot of times when it's coming against me, I just go, you know what? You're right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Apparently, I've done something that, that's offended you and hurt you, and I, I apologize. I don't do one of those apologies. Apparently, I did something that offended you. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said. I really don't think I did anything wrong, but it hurt you somewhere, and some, so I'm, you know, I'm sorry that you got hurt. That's not really an apology, do you know? It's just, no, 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 no. 
As much as it depends upon me, you be at peace with all men. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two phrases that most grown people cannot, they don't know what to do with is when you look at another human being, you go, I am so sorry. It's my fault. Please forgive me. And the second phrase is, I want you to know that I love you. Period. I love you. Now, if I'm really honest, sometimes I do that to grown, other grown men just because it's funny because they're like, I, I don't know what to do with this. Right? <laughs> I, I like you. I'm, okay, let's just go on. Third statement, I'm out of time, is that Christ followers have a different confidence. They have a different confidence. When you do life this way, when you follow this way, there's a confidence that comes that's supernatural. Philippians 1.28 and 30 says, This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation that's from God. For it's granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not believe in him, but also suffer in his sake. Engage in the same conflict that I saw that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Here's what he's saying. You're going to face opposition if you're going to live life this way. But remember, Paul's saying, just as Jesus suffered and just as I'm suffering, you'll suffer. It's one of those misery likes company. You're not alone. Isaiah called Jesus the suffering servant kind of reminds me of Paul's conflict. Maybe he's referring to this in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas have been jailed for preaching the gospel. And instead of throwing a pity party, they began to sing. They began to worship. And that singing and that worship unto God in that jail cell basically led to their freedom because supernaturally all the doors of the jail began to open up. And the jailer, who was completely freaked out, knew he would, would have cost him his life if he'd have lost them in the, in, in, in the jail cell that night. Paul said, it's okay. We're not going anywhere. We're here. And it gave them an opportunity, the Bible says, in, in Acts chapter 16, for the jailer to come to faith in Jesus Christ and his entire family. That's what I'm talking about. When my citizenship is not of this world, it's not about my rights. I lose my rights at salvation. It's about a citizenship of heaven. I'm more concerned about the jailer than I am about my own freedom. I'm more concerned about the gospel changing a family's life than I am about my own comfort. I'm more concerned about living a life that's pleasing unto God so that as many people can come to know Jesus by my actions. I want to end with this verse, Colossians 1, verse 10, 11, and 12. He uses this phrase again, to walk worthy in a manner of the Lord. It's that same, our citizenship is not of this world. It's a higher calling that we have. Fully pleasing him. Bearing fruit. How do we do that? By bearing fruit in every good work. By increasing in the knowledge of God. That's his word. By being strengthened with all power the Holy Spirit, according to God's glorious might. Not, not, not my might. It's not by my might nor by my power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord, for all endurance and patience with joy. See, today, the adventure that you want to go on, it's your choice. And I've given you a lot to think about. I've pushed some of you today. 
But when you get off of the plane of this citizenship and you get up here, you'll fulfill everything you need to here, but you'll do it in the right way, with the right heart, with the right manner. See, it's not about not taking away. I believe, I believe that Christ followers, we should go into every sector of society and be a light in a dark world. That's what Jesus said. You're the salt of the earth. You ever had a meal that had too much salt in it? It's, it's almost repulsive. I think sometimes in the Christian church in America, our salt is so clumped together in Christian gatherings, in these little Christian circles, social circles, that we are so re- we're almost repulsive to a world that needs us. Instead of going into every man and every woman's world and being salt, being that preserving peace, to be light, I, I believe we should. I believe we should run for office. I I believe we should run for the school board. I I, I believe we should run for the city council. I I believe we should run for mayor. I I believe we should go into corporate America. I believe we should go into into high finance. I I, I believe we should go into international diplomacy and international business. I believe we should go into entrepreneurialism. I I, I believe that we should go into the medical field. I believe we should go into engineering. I believe we should go into every single sector of society. We're all called. When we give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, we're all called. You are just as called to preach the gospel as I am. And if I can tell you as this pastor, this preacher, I'm envious of the world you get to go into. I can only get the staff saved and they don't all get saved in a week. You know what I'm talking about? That's a joke. I, 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 I would love to be able to go in a way. I'll never forget being in Bible college and there was an executive of, of, of a major railroad line. And that year he had led 220 individuals to Christ. He was one of the most well-dressed, well-manicured, well-educated, high-profile, high-capacity, high-earning, high-octane people, person I had ever seen in my life. And he said, the reason why I do what I do is because I get to go into this sector, into this society, into this place, and I get to influence it for the, for the cause of Christ. That's what we should do because our citizenship is not of this world. It's of heaven. Our agenda is not of this world, it's of heaven. And we, yes, we should stand for what the book talks about. We should stand for what God's words talks about. We should stand in the gap between a world that has lost its ever-loving mind and a Jesus that's coming back. But we don't have to do that with this agenda or that agenda. Don't allow the enemy of your soul to reduce you down. Don't let the cancel culture of this world push you down. Put your kids into a box. Instead say, you know what? I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and grace Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So through Jesus Christ, I will overcome. My family will overcome. We will navigate this. We will do this. And it's not in anyone else's demise, but it's only for the cross of Christ. Because I'm looking for a city like Abraham, whose builder and maker is God. The citizenship that I have is not of this world. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blues. It's an old song we used to sing in case you think I'm really good. And the angels beckon me beyond heaven's open door because I just don't feel at home in this world anymore. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So today, I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes whether you're watching online, whether you're at a campus, I just wanna take a moment and I just wanna ask you, maybe today I just wanna do this very quickly. If you're here today and you go, man, Aaron, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My citizenship is not of heaven. 
and I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if I believe with my, if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I'll be saved. If that's you today, I just want you to simply slip up your hand and say, that's me, man. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just up and back down. Thank you. Thank you. I ask you to be a member of the church. I ask you to read the entire Bible before, before, before you go to bed tonight. It's just if you say, you know what, thank you. That's what I need to do today. I want to be a citizen of heaven. I, I, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. That's what it's all about. Anyone else? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask those of you that lifted your hand to pray this prayer. And praying the prayer doesn't save you, but if you believe in your heart, prayer you're about to pray. Again, these aren't my words. This isn't my idea. This isn't some life church philosophy. This is God's word. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. The Bible says that Jesus will come into your heart, come into your life. And you choose to follow that adventure. I'm going to ask those of you that have prayed this prayer before to lend your voice for those that are praying this prayer for the very first time. Whether you're at a campus, you're watching online, please pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord and be my savior. Today, I believe that you, Jesus, are the son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and rose from the grave for my sins. Just like the Bible says, I give you my sins today and I ask you to take them away and let my citizenship be in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I just pray you bless those that prayed that prayer for the very first time, that the joy of the Lord would fill their heart. The peace of God that passes understanding would be theirs in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God praise for people that made decisions to follow Christ today?